Well, welcome to Hemp Errands, Ms. Stacey Kaysen. It's wonderful to have you with us today. Thank you, Joy. It's truly my honor to be here with you. You are the CEO and founder of Planetary, and it was just such a pleasure and a joy, as it were, (laughs) to meet you and learn about this incredibly innovative and totally compliant uh, company that we have here in Planetary, discovering you at NoCo Hemp Expo uh, just a few weeks ago in Colorado. Yes, we were truly honored that you came by and were willing to spend time with us. I love what you do, and I and I appreciate you recognizing our uh, accomplishments and mission so far. Well, it was hard not to notice, first of all, the clean, sleek booth and branding that you had, the professional and attentive, not sleepy or buried in their phone uh, <laughs> staff at the booth, um, and of course, the fact that immediately upon recognizing that you are third-party, CGMP certified, USDA organic certified, not just at the biomass level, but at the facility level, yes. and of course, as the sophistication of this emerging industry grows, you know, we're constantly finding folks that are, frankly, I, I don't like to use the word fraudulently because most people don't <laughs> even understand that they're fraudulently using that label USDA organic certified uh, on their CBD products when only the biomass is certified and not the entire supply chain, essentially, including Correct that facility, which is not an easy, neither is the third-party CGMP or the USDA certification for a facility, anything easy to come by. So I know I'm very well aware of what it takes to gain those certifications. So I was already starting to put together, boom, 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 this is a company to watch. And then as we began to really learn about the products and the technology to discover that you're hitting all these other gold star marks in innovative technology for water extraction. And we're not talking about CBD as in cannabidiol, it's decarbed form. We're talking about CBDA uh, in the acidic form. And with that, please tell us more, more about your technology, (laughs) more about CBDA, Ms. Stacey. Thank you. I think a lot of people are calling it a minor cannabinoid and tend to kind of overlook that it's the most predominantly made cannabinoid in the cannabis plant. Like the plant doesn't make CBD, as you already know, but the plant makes the cannabidiolic acid, the precursor to that. And through heat or ethanol or other uh, protic solutions used in processing and extracting, that is decarb, oxalated, into CBD. We don't use heat, we don't use pressure, we don't use ethanol or hexane or any of the solvents other than the universal solvent of water. So by extracting in this natural, gentle way, we're able to maintain all of the plant cannabinoids in their same form. So it's mostly CBDA, but there's also THCA, CBGA, CBCA, CBDVA, et cetera, all the A's, right? So the acidic forms actually have a greater potency and bioavailable in the body, both our bodies, my dog's body. And we did a lot of research on this last year and actually published a white paper last fall, just as a meta-analysis of all of the the scientific peer-reviewed published journal articles on CBDA. And we found some really exciting research out there. Now there's still more to come as 
as municipalities allow for this research, as you know. But from what we've seen, and I think the most um, compelling data to me, as a, especially as a former medical person, is that CBDA is a selective COX-2 inhibitor. So it's the anti-inflammatory effects like ibuprofen has, the same receptors, the same enzymatic receptors in the body, but without the COX-2, which is what causes damage to our stomach and kidneys when we've taken too much of the insets. Aha, I, that I did not know. I am not a science or a math person <laughs> and do my best to keep up with the complexities, of course, of, of this incredible plant and, and with research just exploding, that was enlightening to me. Additionally, as you may have seen, because there have been some recent articles coming out, you know, Dr. Mishulam as yes. well. Yes. Uh, want to talk? Want to elaborate? Because I'm pretty sure you could do a better job uh, <laughs> elaborating for our listeners than I could on Dr. Raphael Mishulam's, of course, a, a grandfather of discovering cannabinoids, THC and CBD, and take it from there, sister. He is truly a legend. Um, I think we're honored to still have him in our presence and still actively researching. And he and I did communicate last year, which was like wow. about as big an honor as meeting you at NOCO. So wow, it's, it's, always, um, it's always humbling to, to get to interact with the greats, you know, the ones that have paved the way for all of us now in this industry. <sighs> His research did show a lot of, of the CBDA, and, and I'm not an expert on his work, but what I know is that they were working to synthesize it. And their synthetic form, and it's, I think it's HU588, I may have that number a little wrong, but the synthetic version that he has done does have the 5-HT1A serotonin receptor activity, which is very potent for anti-nausea, but the synthetic form does not have the selective COX-2 inhibition. That's the main difference between naturally derived CBDA and the synthetic. I think their research is doing, you know, the synthetic molecules in order, you know, for the pharmaceutical industry, which, which I see, but the COX-2 inhibition on the natural CBDA was, you know, a really big find. And it's something that, that we have experienced and we get anecdotal evidence constantly from our customers. And let me ask you this. So if folks are probably thinking to themselves, what what do I take CBDA for? What what does that what bodily systems does that support, or what needs do I have to improve my general health or wellness that CBDA supports? Great question. The anti-inflammation, and it's predominantly the COX two that we talked about, but there's also some uh, endocannabinoid receptors. Inflammation is is probably the biggest offender in the modern world. So there's a lot of really smart people that say anxiety is an effect of inflammation in the brain. And, you know, stomach issues from irritable bowel to acid reflux, um, arthritis, joint pain, um, diabetes, heart disease. There's some compelling evidence to say that all of these diseases are inflammatory in origin. So by blocking the inflammation early, and by doing it with a natural plant medicine that doesn't have you know, as many nasty side effects, then you've introduced a bit of wellness into the body. 
There's also um, in our white paper, we talk about some receptors that are neuroprotective. Now it does work in a preventative method. So if you have CBDA in your system and then you sustain a head injury, or if you're like play contact sports, where that's a big implication, then there are neuroprotective mechanisms in the brain because you had CBDA on board. Um, also the 5-HT1A, which is very potent in anti-nausea. And it's the serotonin receptors, which are also related, of course, to depression and things in the brain, as well as, you know, the, the nausea impact. Um, and then the joint pain and some of the other are more inflammatory in nature. The CBDA does act on the um, cannabinoid receptors, not, you know, the, the psychoactive ones like THC. <laughs> but it does have some, and then another thing for people is it's, it's has some different action from CBD. So it, I'm not here to say one's better or one's, but they're different. And I think in concert, they really act well together. And so for people that have been taking CBD for years, and now maybe those receptors become saturated, introducing CBDA allows them to have different action, additional action. And, and there's some complex receptors at, at place where the CBDA can act as like a, I'll use the word stepping stone. And after that, then CBD or other cannabinoids can, can bind as well. So there's some really complementary actions that happen when I'm a fan of the entourage effect of the whole plant. So when you have all of the cannabinoids in concert, I think they do really well. And there's some synergistic effects. Yes. And, and even when we say all of the cannabinoids, the reality is that that is, you know, would be quite a holy grail to achieve. But but certainly not a bunch of Frankenstein isolates put together and to, in told that you're getting some type of a full spectrum. Right. <laughs> Let me add an isolate from a, a terpene that's not can not that I have anything against terpenes that aren't cannabis derived at all. I'm just it's just those bad actors or, you know, the unscrupulous folks. I'm throwing in an orange terpene and two isolates and calling it a <laughs> no thank yeah. you for the frankenstein and by the way and before i ask you some more questions about those products sister you mentioning this white paper is the white paper available to the public by any chance yes it's actually published on our website it is published on your website. Excellent at planetary.com. And by the way, you can go to PodConnex, P-O-D-C-O-N-X. That's P-O-D-C-O-N-X.com. And we'll get you information on how you can uh, find out more information about Stacy and her planetary products. So so the what I saw, and that's what I knew was so amazing, you handed me um, this vial of what looked like this gorgeous, almost ruby-ish, sort of color uh, powder or, a, or a, a solid form mm -hmm. as opposed to a liquid. So uh, you're, ha having said that, that was not an isolate, which when Correct. people are looking, amen. So explain <laughs> to me, explain to me about how I'm looking at a, a ruby, non-liquid, almost powder, solid form um, mm -hmm. versus uh, the varying degrees of colors from a, a, a from a white to a golden to an orangey isolate for mm -hmm. CBD that we would otherwise see for, for CBD. Yes. So the process, like I said, uses water and we go from the hemp flower to this 
powder in one step, basically. The powder varies in color depending on the, the plant. So depending on the different strains we have, um, it's varying forms of, let's say, beige. And then there are some plants that do have a little hue of a different color. And it's kind of been fun to, to see how the individual plants, different strains may have a little bit different look at the end. They are all of a full spectrum concentrated powder. We average about 85% total cannabinoids. Wow. Mostly CBDA, but then also the other, you know, whatever was in the plant, THCA, CBGA, et cetera. Got it. And and the products that you, under your own brand, the planetary brand, um, has in the stream of commerce right now, can you tell us about those? Yes. So we launched a retail line actually last May of 2020. So right in the middle of quarantine, really good timing as it was. <laughs> but we, we started off to do some simple formulations um, as a way to show customers what can be done with this, right? Um, and everything we do is, is pretty simple and natural. So we have what others would call a tincture, the word tincture means made with alcohol. And since ours is not, I changed the word to infusion. Which would be correct. <laughs> so we have the infusion, which is an MCT oil. We have soft gels, which is basically that in a capsulated, non-flavored, um, easy to swallow pill. Uh, we have topical salve in unscented and in a pink grapefruit where we use you know, organic essential oils for, for scenting. Um, we have a drink additive that's in a water-soluble emulsion. It's not a nano. It's nothing processed. It's actually really simple. It's that powder into an emulsifier. Drop it in. I put it in my coffee every morning, um, and it, it dissolves. We also have muscle rub, which is kind of my new fave. And it's in a plastic roll-up uh, container that's geared towards athletes. So it's, it's great for rubbing on whatever ails you after... Um, I lifted weights earlier. I, I applied the muscle rub and I'm, I'm still, even though I've been doing this, I'm still a bit in awe that it does work and it works so quickly. Um, and then we are introducing a body butter in the coming months, a little geared towards a feminine line. And we have a canine infusion. For dogs. Yes is the canine infusion. Yes. So exciting and so fantastic. And that brings me to, although, you know what, before, what I want, as, as I discuss, really the, the white labeling, essentially, the products and services that you provide to other uh, organizations and folks in the space, I want to nail down uh, the the background and the skills and the qualifications of your team, uh, but but certainly starting with you and then perhaps your your science folks. But you you have an MBA, you're an MS. Tell us about your background and, and training. So I do have an interesting background. I grew up on a farm, which I think gives you like half of an engineering degree just being able to figure stuff out. Yes. <laughs> My undergrad was in nursing and I was an ICU nurse for three years. And then I did a master's of science in anesthesiology and practiced anesthesia for 12 years and then did an MBA to completely switch to business. Um, and I've started a couple different businesses and I, and I still do some real estate development. And then 
this was a great hybrid to kind of combine business with my love of science. Like at my core, I'm a science nerd and I love helping people. I was really intrigued to find a way to help people naturally. Cause after working in anesthesia specifically, you see chronic pain, you see opioid addictions. I worked in a pain center for two years in Denver. And what we would see every day was chronic pain and they were on opioids to such an extent that their normal life had all but ceased. And I just kept thinking there has to be a better way. Fast forward, my team now has, I have two people that have been with me for two years. One is our chemistry manager. So he has a biochemistry degree and he is phenomenal at, at these formulations and at, you know, creating the right products. So he's taken a lot of courses on the side. He's taken a cosmetics course and he's done a few things to, to really dial in what we need for our customers. And then our production manager has, has been there for two years and kind of dialing in the production to be exactly what it needs to be. So that's, that's the core team right now that's producing these products. We have a great marketing team that, that works with us and we do some research and kind of find out what people would like more of. So the muscle rep was a great example of product development based on targeted research. And we have a partnership with uh, CTS, Carmichael Training Systems, and their athletes were looking for something topical that they could rub on what ails them. So it's predominantly cyclists, but other endurance athletes. And with any endurance sports, it's, it's not really what you can do one day. It's what you can do over and over and over until you get to this big event. So recovery is key. And our products enable people to recover much faster and then have a great performance the next time. Who helped develop this technology, the water extraction technology, to the extent you're allowed to say, was that a Stacy thing? Did Stacy have a team thing? It was definitely a team thing. So the idea has been out there and there were other companies that had, was one specifically another company that had the idea years ago. And I think there was kind of some bad juju around that. So uh, we didn't get it from them, right? But this idea has been out there. Um, and to my knowledge, no one has been able to bring it to fruition. Um, so we worked, yeah, I had a good team and we worked on it for a few months, dialing in different parameters. And we'd think, okay, we have this, we have this figured out. And we always do third-party testing on every batch. And we'd say, okay, this looks pretty good and, and tweak where we needed. Uh, but we've even continued over. So we've been extracting for almost three years, but then dialing it in. I don't know when that'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> no. That is like the endless R and D process. That's sort of fun. And we're sort of getting tired of that, but we have it definitely to a point where it's, we can consistently make quality powder and, and we know what we're doing and, and we can tweak certain things. So Yes, we created it fully. The idea did exist before, so I definitely don't have an ego and want, don't want to take credit for like inventing the wheel here, but we are the ones that actually made it happen and bring it to fruition. 
executed it and are yes. getting <laughs> shelf stability out yes. of it. And with that, uh, how, what is the shelf stability? And I imagine it, it could be very different for the different products that you make. I work for an international dietary supplement and uh, cosmetic company as well. Um, and, and so it may be different, but in generally speaking, shelf stability on your products, the ingestibles, let's say, versus the topicals. Actually, that's something that is new information that I'd love to share with you. We recently retested powder that we had extracted over two years ago and we expected there would be some loss, right? So the rumor in the industry is that CBDA is not stable. That's what I hear all the time, right? And it's because they're extracting with ethanol, which in and of itself, even in the absence of heat does cause a decarboxylation reaction. So even if you extract it with cold ethanol, that ethanol starts the decarboxylation reaction, which will continue in its entirety until you have only CBD. By not using any of those solvents or introducing heat, it's perfectly stable. So that powder from over two years ago had not any decarb. It had degraded just a general loss of potency at 1% per year, which is less than the flour does. Even when the flour is dried and stored in an optimal you know, room temperature area. So you expect any natural plant product to have some natural degradation. And it was 85% two years ago, and now it's 83% total cannabinoids and no decarb, which was pretty phenomenal. Wow. And had the CDBA content within the 85% yes. of the total cannabinoids, had the CBDA content of that been dramatically affected or no. proportion? Oh, wow. Proportionately. So I think wow. the, the CBDA at the time was 79 and now it's 77, 78. Wow. It, yeah. Amazing. And, and then, then the finished goods are very stable as well. Um, our, our topicals are all based in jojoba oil, which we did a kind of fun experiment and because that's the planetary way. And even when we tried to decarb it in jojoba oil, like heated it up at really high temperatures for 24 hours, it did not decarb. So that was a, actually a surprise to us. Now the MCT, the infusion, also perfectly stable. We've retested a year after production, no decarb. That one will decarb if you heat it, right? If you store it in your heart car for a long period of time, you'll have some level of decarboxylation. The soft gels are already, you know, encapsulated in that same MCT oil. So no decarb with that. The drink additive does have a little bit of decarb because of the emulsifier that it's in. Um, and so that one, we, because we're very particular about transparency and label accuracy, that one we label as CBDA plus CBD because we know there's some degree of decarb in that. We can guarantee the potency of the total cannabinoids, but we know there is a little decarboxylation with that one based on the solution that it's in. And we're working on a new version of the drink additive that will not decarb. It'll be in a stable form. And the drink additive is in a fractionated coconut oil. Is that right? Uh, no, ma'am. That's the just the infusion. The the oh, drink sorry. additive. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> the drink additive is in. Um, it's a plant-based. It's called propanediol. It's like a cousin of a plant-based cousin of prop, propylene glycol. 
Got it. Got it. I was I'm was completely looking at a different question that I had for you because I I happen to love fractionated coconut <laughs> oil. Yes, um, it's just something I've been using for a good long time, as well as MCT. Now, you also provide products and and the services in terms yes. of white labeling and developing. And, and do you also help with formulating? So please let us know those types of services that Planetary provides. Yes. Yes, to all of that. We we can sell the CBDA raw material, and we have, and, and usually we have to help with formulations on that because it's different. As you alluded earlier, people see a powder, they assume that it's going to be an isolate. In fact, mm-hmm. it is not an isolate. Um, and if it's 85% total cannabinoids, the balance of that we have had tested at a university laboratory. We know it is plant flavonoids, it's oligosaccharides, it's like natural plant sugars and fats. So those are often particulate when you dissolve it in the fractionated coconut oil. But we know that and we filter it out. It's, it's easy to filter, but if people think they're working with an isolate, there's a little bit of a learning curve. So we're happy to do that step for them. Um, so they could buy the raw material. They could buy um, we call a mother liquor, which is dis- dissolved and filtered into an oil of their choice. Um, and we've, we've used multiple oils successfully. We also can do a full to the end labeled safety sealed the whole nine yards um, for a white label and a custom formulation. We recently completed a project for a customer that is a new brand and they had this idea and they had no clue how to (laughs) make it happen. But um, luckily we have a phenomenal chemist in house. And so um, we were able to to make that happen and, and deliver the products fully shelf ready to the customer. So we're talking as is often the case, of course, with hemp in general, uh, a real team relationship almost. I mean, sort of like you'll do some guiding, some mentoring, some helping them through to get to, to birth the vision into the world. Yes. Sometimes more than I even planned on, but yes. (laughs) Well, and I guess that's what I mean by the, uh, and and I can't wait, frankly, for those days to be over. And and it's wonderful, you know, for folks like you who, of course, and as I have been doing for, you know, last 30 years to to really just want folk to see folks succeed and, and to and to mentor and and to give of your of your time like that and it'll also be wonderful when we all start to get sea legs here and and have a <laughs> yes. more mature industry and uh and you can focus on doing what you do right instead yes. of sort of volunteering your time to help your competitors as yes. it were absolutely <laughs> but this is cooperative it's co-op it's coopetition i always have to give bob hoban uh, credit for coining the term in him coopetition because that's really what's happening here it's true it's true we saw a, a kind of a niche and it originated from our own need a year ago for a small kitchen so a lot of white labelers have an moq that's really high and so it's harder for either a newer brand or someone that wants to introduce kind of beta test a new product you know, when your minimum order quantity is 1,000 or 10,000, it's a, it's a bigger financial commitment. And so we have a minimum of 100. So that's a little smaller, allows you to be more nimble and kind of try things out. And also with the organic certification, that's, that's something that, that not many kitchens can say. So we can 
fully, I mean, depending on the ingredients they choose, as long as it's, we can source the ingredients as organic, because as you know, it's, it's all parts that go into it in order to be certified organic. Even the, if you were to use the solvent, even the solvent would need to be organic. Indeed. But these lower minimums, you know, I really just have to lob onto that for a moment because it changes everything for folks who are trying to get their products into the market. Yes. It, it makes all the difference between can the small business, yes. can the cottage industry, yes. or, or does do I need to be a large or well-funded business in order to take advantage and get in on the game and and. Yeah. and deliver on the opportunity here. And and certainly that is not what this country is supposed to be about. And it is absolutely not what the liberation of the plant via the 2018 Farm Bill was intended to do, was liberated for everybody. Agreed. Entrepreneurs and businesses of all sizes. So these smaller minimums is such a public service and a service to the emerging industries. And, and, and for folks to really understand why let's, let's, why, why are we only doing the larger volumes here, guys, because to make the more money for it to be more efficient. So I don't have to spend a million years on your low volume order, but that's what we're doing here in hemp for each other. Those of us who are, are really, you know, wanting to, to deliver on this promise. And, and it, it's so not going unnoticed. Those folks who are saying, no, we will help you with your smaller minimum. We will help you get your feet off the ground here. We'll work together to, to make this industry and steward this industry responsibly. And of course, your products are also vegan and gluten-free. Yes, um, except the topicals have some beeswax. So those aren't totally um, vegan. Well, oftentimes we so forget. Understand, guys, if there is a B involved, (laughs) (laughs) you lose the V. And that was something I had to learn. Yeah, it was something I had to learn. I have a good friend who's vegan. She's she's taught me a lot. So (laughs) I give credit to that. Yes, indeed. Look, I'm a I'm a fan of small businesses. Everyone in my family is an entrepreneur in small businesses, and starting a business is hard enough. Starting a business in hemp is really hard enough. So anything we can do to kind of grease the wheels and facilitate for others, we're we're happy to do. And to make it just to make it easier for folks. Well, you also have an outstanding blog here on the site. I don't know how uh, you managed to keep all of this stuff going, the innovation, the new products, the opening up your products and services to other companies and entrepreneurs. And you've got a really valuable blog here as well as thank your you. white paper being available on your website publicly. Yes, thank you. I feel like a lot of what we do is educating. And certainly, and I think probably what you've realized is if I'm going to spend a bunch of time educating, I shall turn it into a blog and point people to the blog (laughs) instead of answering the same question several times. So an efficient uh, uh, way to do it as well. But I'm just seeing some fantastic articles here on your site that are also unique, I think, and helpful and a great new edge. It's just wonderful during this explosion uh, as the industry emerges to find a strong, incredible woman uh, who is leading a really exciting company here in Planetary. And you, and you say that Planetary is three years old. Yes. Now, and I know that you discussed with us here, of course, uh, how your experience, even as, a, as an RN in anesthesia, 
you began to really want to expand uh, your healing self in how can I make this world a better, better place? But why hemp? How did you come to hemp? <laughs> oh, that's a good story. Um, <laughs> I'll abbreviate it. I was looking at purchasing a property three years ago, and it was completely an emotional buy. It was a beautiful piece of property that we just wanted to have, but it did not make economical sense. Um, And so, you know, being in real estate as well, things have to make dollars and cents. So at that time, hemp was just being introduced from the farming standpoint. So I looked into hemp from the farming, but I, it's not in me to go back to the farm. It's just not my calling or my forte. (laughs) So I started looking at the industry from a whole, I do better from a you know, 30,000 foot view systems thinker. So I started looking at the whole industry and particularly at that point, there was a real bottleneck in processing. And I wasn't thrilled about the way it was being processed. Certainly there's still healing powers from this plant, but I kind of felt like, gosh, there's gotta be a better way. This is still 18th century technology. We've, we've got to have there's got to be some new innovation. There's there's some room for innovation here. So that's how the, you know, it first evolved. And and also like I'm not completely altruistic. I've been a lifelong athlete at 35. I was told I needed a knee replacement, actually two knee replacements, and too young to get those done. So the doctor was like, "Yeah, your knees are jacked up, and you're just gonna have to deal with it." Um, and I'm not one to sit around. So I'm gonna keep moving and doing, and we'll just find a better way to, to kind of treat this. Um, and, and it has been, and certainly our products, I mean, just anecdotally using our infusion every night and the soft gels every morning and the muscle rub as needed. I mean, I squatted 250 pounds today, three sets of 10, which I couldn't do for years because my knees just wouldn't bend that much. And I still cycle a lot. And so I'm, I still get to be an athlete and I pain is almost absent. So that that's a huge improvement. Stacy, you're blowing my mind here, sister. And I feel like this is the high note uh, <laughs> for us to conclude our first interview together with what a breath of fresh air you are, your team is, and what planetary is sister. I am wishing, first of all, I'm expecting big awesome <laughs> things. Yes, me too. Uh, because you, you're set up for that. I, I just feel that and see that with Planetary. And I cannot wait to watch those lotus petals unfold. <laughs> Sister, I'm you. wishing you and Planetary everything good and wonderful in this world. Uh, and so I can't much. wait to have you back on again. And, and until our next encounter, Miss Stacy. Thank you so much. It's been my honor. Uh, and I look forward to it. Right back at you, lady. Talk to you soon. And thank you for being on Hemp Barons. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Michigan. And I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news 
and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.